I'm all wired up today. Alrighty, so my name is TJ. I'm from Best Coast on Baptist College. I mean, West Coast Baptist College. Sorry, we, uh, we're not going to do that debate today. Um, today I'm going to be preaching on the heart of Jehu, um, an obedient servant. But before we get to that, it's Christmas time. The music is playing. The presents are being given. There's joy in the air. Tis the season, as they say. What does that have to do with my sermon? Nothing at all. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Alrighty, so turn with me to um, the book of 2 Kings, chapter number 9. 2 Kings, chapter number 9. Um, today we're going to be going over a sermon titled um, um, Jehu, the Heart of an Obedient Servant. We're going to be looking into the heart of Jehu and pick apart a few things that we can learn from his life. So, the story of Jehu, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Who here has heard the story of Jehu before? Jehu. Three of you, four of you, okay. Hold on tight, we're going to fly through this, okay. So the year is about um, 885 BC. Uh, Most of us weren't alive at that time. Uh, The ruler of Israel was Jezebel. Um, King Joram was also co-running kind of a little bit. Um, So Jezebel, who has heard the name Jezebel, we've all heard that one. Yeah, so Jezebel, wicked, terrible person. Um, She wiped out many of the prophets of the time. She caused many whoredoms and many terrible acts of sin in the land of Israel. So, of course, God was fed up with this, so he prepared a prophet by the name of Jehu. So Elisha um, prepared a young priest to go anoint Jehu. He was at Ramoth Gilead. So Elijah, or Elisha, tells that young priest, go anoint Jehu and get out of there because it's going to be a bloodbath. Okay, so you're about to see why Jehu is my favorite king. Okay, so... The young, the young priest goes, anoints Jehu, and immediately Jehu goes to action. Read with me in verse number um, 7 through 8. Um, 2 Kings 9, 7 through 8, it says, And thou, or this is the young pro- um, prophet talking to Jehu, And thou shalt smite the house of Ahab, thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will, will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, and like the house of Baesh, the son of Ahijah. And the dog shall eat Jezebel in the portion of Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. He opened the door and fled being the young priest. He was told he got out of there, and he got out of there, okay? So immediately Jehu jumps to action. He gets on his chariot, and he heads towards um, the kings of Israel and Judah to enact the first part of his plan. That was to make it so he could be officially anointed the king of Israel. He had to wipe out um, Joram and um, Ahaziah, um, the kings of Judah, the kings of Israel, both terrible, wicked rulers of the time. So he rides over there, and... One of the watchmen of Jerom um, saw Jehu approaching. So he, he mentioned to the king, hey, somebody's coming. He's driving really fast. Wh- what do we do? He said, just go out there, ask him, is it peace? Is there peace? The, best, the watchman goes out there. He goes out. He meets Jehu. He says, sir, sir, is there peace? Jehu says, what have I to do with peace? Get behind me. Go. So Jehu c- continues his path to the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. And the watchman goes back and said, he told me to leave. What do I do? The kings send him back say, ask him again. Is there peace? Is there peace? He sends again. The, the, messenger, the watchman goes again. He says, sir, is there peace? And Jehu says, 
what peace? Get thee behind me, and continues driving furiously towards them. The watchmen make it back there, and they, they say, we don't know who he is, but he drives a little bit like Jehu. He was driving very, very furiously. I don't know if anybody of you guys know anybody like that. You see somebody driving down the road, and you're like, that's Susan. <laughs> we all know them. Um, if you drive behind me, um, blue Honda Accord 2010. I'm going to go there. That's as far as I'm going to get with that one. Um, so they, they know it's Jehu. So the kings were like, okay, we know Jehu. Prepare, prepare for him. If he comes, we'll, we'll ask what's up. So Jehu makes it to them. And Joram's like, Jehu, is there peace? And he says, what peace? So long as thy mother is doing terrible acts in our land. So they're like, oh, no. He's not here to... To, give, to catch up with us, to give us a pep talk. He's, he's here for malice intent. So Ahaziah and Joram, they go to flee. But Jehu takes his spear and pierces it through the heart of um, Joram. Ahaziah sees it and he's like, <laughs> I'll see you all later. I'm going to go. So there's a massive chase that goes on. Jehu, the furious driver, the one that everybody recognizes as he drives, eventually catches up, kills him. That wasn't it. He had another job, and that was Jezebel. We all know Jezebel, wicked, horrible woman. He, um, she's stationed in Jezreel at the time. Jehu makes his way into the palace. Jezebel, up there in her tower, putting on makeup. I'm assuming her face looked like a pie, not the good kind. Um, she looks on the window and starts taunting Jehu. Terrible decision. Um, Jehu looks up and says, hey, anybody up there? The Bible says two or three eunuchs casually pop their head out the window. We're not going to go there. So he says, hey, you guys up there, see Je just, just push her. So there's like, seems legit, and push Jezebel out the window several stories, falls to her death. That's not it. Jehu, being a cool dude, doesn't mind that and just goes inside and eats like a true Baptist would. Um, he doesn't even mind the fact she's dead. Eventually, he's like, hey, guys, that was the, queen's, uh, or that was the king's um, daughter. Can you guys, uh, like, bury her? They go out to bury her, and there's nothing left of her aside for her skull, her hands, and her feet. Um, some like to say it's because her, her hands were so filthy, not even the dogs would eat it. I like to think that. But that wasn't it. It gets better, guys. Jehu wasn't just a fast driver. He wasn't just a deceiver. Well, no, he wasn't just, like... A convincer, like he convinced him to push her out a window. No, he was a great deceiver. He said, you know what? I don't like this Baal worship. It's getting between my people and me. Why don't we kill them all? Good thing. God told him to do this. God told him to kill all the Baal worshipers. So what does he do? Hey, guys, you know Baal, that false god? I'm a Baal worshiper. Why don't you invite all of your Baal worshiping friends, all the prophets of Baal, and we're just going to have a big Baal worshiping session together, okay? It's going to be the best, guys. So he gathers a whole congregation. He's like, guys, are you ready to worship Baal together? They're like, yeah, let's go. He says, wait, wait, wait. Before we worship Baal, talk to your friends. If anybody here worships the one true God of Israel, tell them to leave. We don't, we don't want them here. We're, this is Baal worship only. So they, they kick out all the all other people that believe in the, the one true God of Israel. And Jehu's like, okay, we're all Baal worshipers here. Are you guys ready? They're like, yeah, let's go. Let's worship Baal together. One big Baal worshiping session and. uh yeah, Jehu whispers to his friends, yeah, if any one of them walks out the door, I'll kill you. 
kill every single person in this room. And just like that, Baal worship wiped out. Okay, Jehu, awesome guy, okay? So you see in verse number 30 of chapter number 10, you don't have to turn there, it even says how God blessed him. And the Lord said unto Jehu, because thou hast done well and, ex and executed that which is right in my eyes, and hast done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in mine heart, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne. That was the longest dynasty of any kings of Israel, four generations. God blessed him exceedingly for his acts of obedience. So there are a lot of key characteristics that you can take out of this um, that can apply to the life of a Christian. I'm not talking about the mass murder. We'll leave that for another day. Um, first of all, we can look at his obedience. The command was given to Jehu to wipe out the house of Ahab and to kill Jezebel. Of course, we just went over how he executes his plan according to God's command. You see, some Christians don't even get this far. Um, we hear the call from God. We know that he, what he tells us to do. We have the word of God, yet we ignore it. Yet in terms of obedience, Jehu didn't just obey. He, he obeyed immediately. When the messenger was brought, or when the message from God was brought to Jehu, he acted immediately. He made haste. He got his chariots. He went out. In fact, he acted so fast that the prophet that like, anointed that was told to get out of there because it's going to be a bloodbath. He's going to go immediately. You see, I wonder how many of us are quick to sign up for a ministry that fast. Jehu was given a hard task. Go wipe out the whole house of Ahab, the wicked ruler, the wicked king. Kill Queen Jezebel for who years was ruling with an iron fist. Wipe out all of Baal worship. That's a hard task. Yet immediately he jumped onto this. Immediately he took action. But how many of us, when somebody calls out in nursery or Sunday school, not me. It's been a few, it's been a few Sundays. It's, yeah, not me. How many of us, when somebody calls off at work even, and it's just like, I ah, know, I'm just, not me. I'm not going to do that. You see, Jehu was given that difficult task, but he still obeyed God immediately. You see, his, his obedience wasn't just immediate. It was also efficient. Um, you see, how efficient is it to get every single worshiper bail and kill them all at one time? Like, bro has key efficiency, okay? Bro knows how to get a job done. I did not just refer to Jehu as bro. Please ignore that, pastor. Um, he knows how to get the job done immediately, and he got it done efficiently. Yeah, how many of us are really good at pushing it off to the side? Now, maybe we go bay right away. Maybe we're, maybe we're serving like we should serve. But are we doing it with the best of our abilities? The Bible says that whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Are you executing it to the full extent? Jehu wiped out all the worshipers of Baal. He killed the entire house of Ahab. It even says in um, chapter 9, I encourage you, Kings chapter 9 and 10, read the story. I am skipping a lot of details. He is a, he's an interesting Bible character to read about. Okay, He didn't just wipe out Jezebel and them. He wiped out the brothers and the kids of Ahab. It's he, he, he does the job good. He does it efficiently. But how many of us don't do that in our Christian walk? When we're given tasks simply as shaking somebody's hand, when we're given the task to hand somebody a Bible track, when we're given those simple tasks, yeah, we do it, but we do it immediately, but do we do it with all glory and honor to God? You see, not only can we learn from his obedience, 
We can also learn from his actions. And I'm not talking about the murder still. Okay? His actions. So we know that he was obedient to God's command. But he also had the actions that matched up with his call. You see, he was committed. He was committed to his work. You saw earlier with, uh, he had the immediate obedience. Um, but when it comes to our lives, or no, sorry. You see, he, was, he had that immediate obedience, but he also was committed to it. You see, he didn't rest until the job was done. He went straight from Chasen, the king Ahaziah, and King Joram, straight to killing um, Jezebel. And then he went straight to the worshipers of Baal. He got it done, and he was committed to his work. You see, when it comes to our lives, we can find ourselves with a lack of commitment. It's a common thing in relationships. I'm just not, I just have commitment issues. It comes to our habits, our hobbies. I'm just not committed enough to pick up this Bible reading plan. I'm just... Uh, it, it even shows in our secular life on our commitment. Who has ever started a book series and stopped in like halfway through chapter three? A lack of commitment is something that each person struggles with. When it comes to the order that God has given us, don't you think that we should give it a little bit more commitment? For example, when Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, do you think that's a command or a suggestion? Because sometimes us Christians like to think that command as optional. And if you disagree with that fact, I'd like to ask how many people carry gospel tracts around. How many people, not even going that far, how many people have handed out a gospel tract this month? How many people have even tried to initiate the gospel? And I'm not trying to be aggressive. I myself, I fail at this all the time. It's human nature. But the fact is that we are to be committed to the things of God more than we're committed about the things of this earth. We are to be more committed with our Bible reading plan than we are to finish in that series on Netflix, guys. We are to be more committed to our church attendance and our ministry that we are to be committed of the things of this world. You see, not only was he committed in his actions, he was zealous in his actions. If you had one word to describe Jehu, that word would be zealous. His zeal was so undeniable that they could even tell by the way he drove. It seemed like Jehu didn't even rest until the job was completed. So we shouldn't... Er, Shouldn't we be committed to the ministry with that same zeal? You see, Titus 2, 13 and 14 says, Looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that, we might, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. We are to be that peculiar people. We are to be that zealous of good works. We are to be so excited for the things of God that we don't get caught behind on the things of this world. You see, not only do we see his obedience, not only do we see his actions, we can see that his blessings from God. God had seen what he had done, and he was pleased with the order in which he, his actions had portrayed. Um, he, you see his praise from God in verse number 30. We had just read it at 1030. It says, And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in mine eyes, and thou hast done into the house of Ahab according to all that was of mine heart, thy children of thy fourth generation shall sit upon the throne. You see, he got praise from God. You see, God acknowledged the work that Jehu had done. He did what, that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. And don't we all strive to hear the words from God saying, Well done my good and faithful servant. You see, we are to live a life of obedience that will bring honor and glory to God. You see, not only was, did Jehu get praise from God, he, his family was blessed. God blessed his family 
um, family line through the acts and service that he had done to the Lord. The blessing he received was that the four generations would be on the throne of Israel, which is, again, the longest dynasty of all of Israel. No other king had a direct line of four kings in his family tree. You see, um, when we are serving the Lord and when we are in the Word of God, when we're walking with the Lord and we're obeying his commands, God just won't bless us. He'll bless our family. Our family will see that which we're doing and it'll bring glory and honor to God. But lastly, let's look at his heart. So we've seen the great works this man did. We've seen how he was obedient and executing his plan immediately and effectively. We see his actions completed with commitment and zealously. He even received praise from God. And us Christians, we can get this far. We can have that obedience. Our actions can show this obedience. But read with me in verse number 31 of chapter 10. It says, But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all of his heart. And he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. You see, he took no heed to walk with the Lord, or the Lord God of Israel with all of his heart. And that not only caused him to sin, that caused Israel to sin. We can do all of the acts of service. We can be obedient to God. We can be a servant of action. But in our heart could be emptiness, godlessness, and sinfulness. You see, although he had done such great acts, his heart still lacked God. He still lacked that love in his heart for the Lord. You see, not only did he not take heed, he fell into his old sins. Inside of his heart that led him, um, to, that led him to fall was the sin of his father Jeroboam. When we are saved, we cast off the old man and put on the new man. We are to cast away our old sins and put on the new man. Then why is it that we find ourselves so often trying to pick up that old sin and just carry it around? That not only caused him to fall, that not only caused Jehu to fall, that caused his whole family line to fall. You see, if you look at the, the whole list of kings of Israel, not a single one on that list was a good king. The four children, the longest dynasty of Israel, not a single one of them served the Lord. Every single one fell. Now this old sin didn't just affect him, it affected his family, and that is what can happen to us. We can, we can serve the Lord with our heart. We can be obedient in our actions, in, in our church attendance, in our Bible reading, but that old sins can't just drag us down. It can drag our kids down. Some people, sometimes that's just that's what happens when you leave room in your heart for sin. It says, give the devil an inch, he'll take a yard. That's what happened with that old sin. You can let it seep in, and all of a sudden it explodes. Families are split up. The divorce rates are over 50% in America. Do you really think that's because coincidence and signs and stuff. No, that's because we're in a place where our old sins and the sins of past generations, they build up and you don't squeeze out the sin of it and the, the Lord just doesn't fill you up. You see, I started this sermon with the idea of like Christmas, you know, but yeah, that's obviously not where that led. Um, and that's kind of how it was with Jehu. We're led on to believe that he was serving the Lord with obedience 
and service. And that he even received blessings from God, which is true. Yes, this message was about service. Um, or this, was, this message was about the heart of an obedient servant. But the heart of an obedient servant that goes to church, that reads their Bible, can still be caught up in that old life, can still be caught up in that old sin. You see, if you look at Jehu's list, or if you look at the list of the kings of Israel, Jehu's still listed on every single one as a bad ruler. At the end of the day, his sins, um, the sins of his past, the sins of that, he didn't stomp it away. He didn't leave room in his heart for the Lord. Um, so the question is, are you, if you're being obedient and you're serving the Lord, are you still keeping God in your heart? The question is, if you're, oh, if you're keeping God in your heart, are you being obedient to God? That's the question today. Um, thank you.